Coyote Edelstein here, your celeb expert and your celeb savant. Celeb Savant is a weekly entertainment show. We have long-form career retrospective type interviews with celebrities, singers, actors, and industry experts. Boy and Bear are an Australian indie folk band formed in 2009, consisting of David Hosking, vocals and guitar, Killian Gavin, vocals and guitar, Tim Hart, drums and vocals, Jonathan Hart, vocals, banjo, mandolin, and keyboards, and David Symes, a bass, a band hell-bent on creative curiosity and pushing themselves as musicians and songwriters, Boy and Bear have attained a level of staying power most artists could only dream of. Achieving early career support from Triple J and Triple J Unearthed, Boy and Bear swiftly catapulted into national contenders, releasing their double platinum debut album Moonfire in 2011, which went on to snag five coveted ARIA Award wins. Since then, 2013's Harlequin Dream and 2015's Limit of Love only strengthened Boy and Bear's expansive presence, with both albums charting at number one, and Harlequin Dream making the group's second studio album to go platinum. From 2019 Second Light to 2023 self-titled album, Boy and Bear have continued to grow and strengthen professionally amidst the ever-changing musical climate. And there's zero sign of slowing down anytime soon, including a special 10-year anniversary Harlequin Dream vinyl that was recently released. Up next on Slapsvant, we've got David Symes from Boy and Bear. Where do we find you in the world? How are you doing and what's happening in your life? Yeah, g'day and thanks so much for having me. Um, currently, we're actually on a, a regional Australian Boy and Bear tour in support of our latest record. I guess we put out a new record back in May this year. We did some Capital City shows uh, around Australia and New Zealand and now we're doing some regional shows. And right today, I've just pulled into a town called Airlie Beach, which is up in uh, far north Queensland. So up towards the tropics, the sun's shining, the blue water is uh, glistening and I'm feeling pretty good, to be fair. Why the name Boy and Bear? Where does that come from? It's a really, really boring story, to be fair. So when the band first got together, um, uh, a few of the boys uh, decided to enter, like, you know, one of their songs into a radio competition. In Australia, we have this uh, radio station called Triple J, and they have a thing called um, Unearthed, where uh, young up-and-coming artists and bands, musicians can submit something, and like a song, and... Anyway, um, they had to sort of submit it and there was a deadline and there was no band name at the time. You know, there was just the song. And yes. um, early days of the internet, of the Googles, and typed in a bunch of stuff to Google and it spat out from a band name generator, the, the, the band name Boy and Bear, and everyone was like, well, pass the Google test. No one else has got it. We might, well, look, look, we'll just use this for now and then uh, we can change it later. And the rest is history. It sort of stuck and uh, they won the unearthed competition and it kind of, it kind of had to stay boy and bear. <laughs> okay, cool. So now let's rewind to the very beginning. Specifically, obviously for you, at what age did you think, cool, I want to be in the music entertainment industry? And how did you then become part of the band and the band's journey to where we are today? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, me, me, me personally, like I started playing playing guitar as like an eight-year-old kid and, um, you know, really, really was, I guess, like like took to it really naturally and was kind of really sort of, you know, overjoyed by an instrument that a neighbour of mine just sort of passed on to me around that age. And that kind of started my kind of relationship with music where I just sort of had, had a guitar and 
and and uh, my parents were in a position to, to get me some lessons and I started playing and I, I was really into it and, and I ended up actually going to a music high school, a high school that actually focused on music and that was kind of amazing for me as a, as a teenager. Um, I got to be with other like-minded kids and form bands and form groups and, and just sort of start playing and that, and that kind of was my kind of, I guess, entry into uh, meeting other musicians and, and you know and playing um the boy and bear thing happened i mean the boys got together there was three three of them met also similarly at university i went to a different university to those guys they were kind of doing their own things and they ended up kind of getting together just to help each other playing in their in each other's projects and then that's how boy and bear kind of was was formed i came into the band a little bit later after I had been in some other other bands in Australia and, and and playing around, and our paths crossed when they kind of actually needed somebody to come and jump up and play some festivals with them. And this was before the, the record Harley Quinn Dream had been recorded, and the, 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 we we kind of just got on really well. And and the, and they asked me to join the band, and I joined the band, and then we made Harley Quinn Dream the record. So that's kind of ten ten or so years ago. And then and then yeah, so the last ten years has seen us doing another four records and touring. We've been really fortunate to play a lot in America and Europe, around Australia, and, and make make records, which is what we really love to do. We love writing music, recording, and then getting a chance to get out and play live and travel that, that, that music around. From zero to three to four minutes, what is the creative process of creating a song for the band? Look, we're, we're, we're very open to... Anything's possible in, in this band, which is really great. But um, the key thing is that it's a collaborative pro, uh, you know, process and project. So it's very collaborative. Um, we have natural strengths and, and, and things that we kind of all bring to the table, but we really like to uh, cross-pollinate those ideas and, and get our hands dirty in all elements of the sort of songwriting. So, you know, a song can start from anywhere. Sometimes it starts by one person going, look, I've got this like little sketch of it was something that I might be working on. Like, you know, here's a, here's, here's a bit of a beat that I think's kind of got a, got a great vibe. And here's a set of chords that goes nicely. Now let's take it to something and we all get together and that turned to a song. Sometimes maybe one of the other guys comes in with some chords on, on a keyboard or synth or a guitar. And if people are sort of vibing that, we tend to sort of make that into, into something all together. And then from a, a lyrical point of view and, and, and the melody there with lyrics like Dave Hosking, our, our front man, our singer, he then sort of reacts to the music and sort of starts to generally sort of sing melodies that come to him and, and, and we, we document these ideas as we go and often the lyrics come a little bit later but the melodies sort of form first and, and then all the counterparts and counter melodies and hooks and, and textures and stuff, we kind of, we, we tend to sort of demo up, especially the last two records. We, we've got like a little re- rehearsal recording space. So we actually like, once we've got the core of, of an idea down, then we actually enjoy coloring them in, in that demo stage before we actually hit the recording studio, you know, and, you know, sometimes we, 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 we push a song so far, then we go, you know what, this actually isn't really working compared to the other five we've got. So we might leave it alone. And then later on, someone might come in, oh, I've got an idea to flip that and turn that into this or join this with this. So, you know, a song for us, is very much never finished until it's finished. And even then I think it actually takes on a journey of its own on the road, you know, um, it keeps growing, but um, yeah, it's very collaborative, but it can really start from the rhythm section. It can start from, a, you know, an acoustic guitar set of chords and a little bit of a humming melody from Hosco. It can come from some big synth or guitar textures. Um, but the end result is a five of us in a room, you know, nutting that out, pushing the arrangement, pushing ideas, chopping and changing, trying a hundred different ways to do things. And then 
and then I guess performing it a, few, a bunch of times before we record because we like to record live as much as possible. So we'll get as much of our live parts down in one take before we start colouring that in with overdubs and stuff. It's, so it sounds like a beautiful journey and beautiful process. I love that you keep mentioning colouring in. Now, I'm not sure if you're aware of yeah. NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, that everyone processes information differently. So people either process yeah. information visually as in creating pictures or auditory it's around hearing the words or kinesthetically it's around the feeling. So when you personally hear music or songs, whether it's songs by yourself or other people, are you a person that sees the picture, hears the words or gets the feeling of music? I think I get the feeling myself. Yeah. But within boy and bear, definitely we have, we have discussions where definitely there's some things that get explained through color. Now, definitely there's a couple of guys in the band that definitely feel that this is, yeah, this, this particular mood of this song, it has a, a really strong color, color yeah. reference for them. So yeah, I do get what you're talking about. But yeah, for me, for me, I can, I actually can see colors with music and I can see colors with, with words, numbers. I definitely have that, that, that thing going on inside my kind of mind. But generally for me, it's a feeling, it's a vibration, it's an energy. Um, that I kind of tend to res- respond to or how I match that back. And when you're listening to music by other artists, are you able to relax and just chill and like, cool, okay, just let listen? Or is your musical ear coming into play and unpacking what they've created? It's a, it's a great question because I feel like um, it's something that I'm constantly asking myself when I'm listening to something because there's times where I want to be listening from a uh, I guess, like an intellect or technical point of view. There's times where I actually want to listen to something because I'm going, I want to hear what, what this is all about. What mm. kind of sounds they are? What, how the, how, how are people playing together? What kind of, and there's other times where I want, yeah, I totally do not want to engage that part of my, my mind, my musical yeah. mind. I do like to be able to listen. So maybe I gravitate towards certain kinds of sounds when I'm listening for a moment to switch off. But I feel like there's different ways that I do that. Sometimes I listen to music while I'm doing other things, and often that is a way where I switch off and can just let something float over me. I love when I say listen to a record, which can be hard for this to happen, but listen to a record or see a live band without being told by somebody else who I respect their opinion already what I, th- I should be thinking of it. And that's really hard to get happening. So basically by being fresh, like like if I can put a record on by by a band but I haven't heard any of my, my, my peers talk about it yet, I can actually just listen to that for exactly what it is and be in the moment. And that's a really lovely lovely feeling which I, I'm assuming a lot of people – um, who aren't musicians maybe maybe have that that experience more yeah. often but it can be hard not to already go in to listen to something i've already sort of read two reviews and maybe you know heard three other people's opinions on this so you know i'm already going it with a from from a critique sort of point of view you know yeah uh let's unpack the latest music so you said you released the latest uh album this year and i believe an ep a few weeks ago the new music what was the inspiration behind it yeah, so the record we released back in May this year, 23, was a self-titled release for us. Musically, I think we were pushing a little bit of our marriage between digital and analogue, um, between, you know, electro and uh, the electro being kind of in from like a percussion point of view, like there's a little bit more of like like an electronic percussionist that sort of lives on half of the tracks. And, and definitely some synth and guitar textures that are pushing more of that ambience, 
um, and experimentation within some of those, you know, using those sorts of synth, synth instruments. This all melded back in with our kind of traditional playing, which is really, you know, drums, bass, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, you know, pianos, organs, whirlitzers, and lots of singing. Um, so that's all still there, but really trying to sort of blend that world, you know, blend those two worlds. And I feel like we kind of did it in a way that we're super happy with. There's a, a sense of groove and hypnosis to the rhythm section. There's definitely lots of hooks and stuff like that, lots to sort of grab onto. Like there's, there's rich melodies. Sometimes the vocals are really used like an instrument as well. We experimented a lot more with um, having certain BV parts or instrumental sections with a vocal doing more kind of rhythmical ostinatos you know repeated phrases and things like this so that's kind of you know uh where that record uh was born from and we wrote the record over a couple of years and yeah we released it and now we've been playing a bunch of those songs live and they translate live really well for us they feel like yeah yeah they're really coming off the wax really well to the stage you know Um, i've been enjoying playing apex and another one called silver moon there's a couple of tracks on the record, one called Muscle and one called Magnus, which we haven't been playing live just yet, but I'm looking forward to bringing them into the set list. And um, we've been doing another one called Strange World, which has been a lot of fun. And so there's a bunch off that. Um, so, yeah, so it's been, it's, it's really great. And this, this regional tour we're doing now, we're, we're, we're doing those, those, those tunes as well. Um, the little EP we just put out is slightly different because it's actually become a 10 year anniversary of our record, Harlequin Dream. So, yes. To sort of celebrate that and uh, sort of, I guess, honour the anniversary, we um, thought, well, what, what can we do? And, and there was a few B-sides that we never released back in the day. And okay. so we decided to put them to, 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 them together as an EP and it's called Lost Dreams because they were sort of forgotten songs that we kind of lost the, lost the masters of and we sort of found them again. And, and so it's just like a digital release of a repackaging of uh, something for, for people that like our music that they could sort of have a little listen to. Some tunes, so it's been interesting to listen to them because I guess we've sort of evolved and moved on to where we're up to now. But it's been nice to sort of hear a couple of those tracks because they, yeah, they. I mean, they could have very easily made that record ten years ago, but often you we, we might write sort of fifteen, twenty songs, and you're sort of picking ten or eleven, so yeah. you can't have everything anyway, you know. And sometimes you might already have something else that's maybe fitting the story of the record a bit more. And but uh, stylistically, they're kind of still in the same pocket. So, what do you enjoy performing live? I think for me, I love the spont- spontaneity, the um, being in the moment with the band, but with the audience. So I guess performing and um, like, I mean, I'm a bass player, you know, mainly that's that's my main instrument. So it's all about collaboration for me, you know, like I've, I'm up there with the band, I'm in the engine room. I love getting up and creating those those uh, foundations for the rest of the band to, to sort of play off and, and our interaction that's live. It's There's just like a real, yeah, that sort of, that feeling of just like listening to each other and mm. and and commenting and, and and having those musical conversations live on stage and allowing it to be what it is and you know when you're recording you're constantly constantly evaluating what you're doing because yeah. you're sort of printing it <laughs> and I guess live you, you you evaluate what you're doing for for, for four bars and you, you've got to move on so. Um, I like the freshness of that. I like the idea of playing, uh, you know, an hour and a half set. Um, and I love the interaction that having a live audience, it doesn't matter if there's one person or if there's a thousand or whatever. It's like as soon as you've got one person listening, it's a gig, you know, the show is on. But the interaction of a crowd, of a big crowd that, that are there to hear your music, it's 
it's a pretty special feeling. It's a um, there, there's a there's a level of adrenaline in that. There's a level of um, emotion. There's laughter. There's comedy. There, <laughs> you know, it's there's sadness. It's kind of all those things, you know. And I feel like yeah, the the show can just be a really rewarding experience. So yeah, so I just really enjoyed the whole live experience. Um, I really feel that for me, it's an important balance. As much as I love writing and recording making rec- records i love love them both equally but i love the way that they feed each other i yes. think like i can't have one without the other i think they're both equally important i think um when when you get the balance right it's a it's a very special feeling and you know because you can't just do one the whole time i do i enjoy the difference i'm that person who's always right right up in front cheering you guys on having a ball i'll take my phone out to take one or two pics one or two videos then I put my phone away. But I notice a lot of people yeah. around me have their phones out constantly trying to get the perfect video, tweeting, posting, taking away from mm. themselves, being in the moment. Does that, you mentioned yeah. the emotion and you mentioned the connection. From the person on the receiving end seeing a bunch of phones oftentimes, does that disconnect you from the people that you're seeing or do you just feel it's where society is at the time? Yeah, I feel like, you know, I've gotten so used to that now because it's like, as you say, there's, there's, yeah, some people, uh, you know, might do that for 80% of the whole performance, might yeah. be sort of going for that perfect thing. Uh, I know for me personally, like, and I think I can probably say this for most people, we're all learning how to self-manage our our use with phones in terms of how, how do we still be in the moment, but not be looking at the moment behind a screen or yeah. whatever, you know, like behind the camera. And I think we're all, we're all aware of it. But, um, I think that for some people, it's not as big, it's not as big a deal, you know, and, uh, they kind of are, they're very happy experiencing the performance that way. So yeah. I can't sort of say to them, well, it's not, that's not how I would do it, you know. So I don't really, yeah, I don't really have an opinion. I don't feel, I don't feel more disconnected. I mean, there's times where, you do need to see people, you know, you do need to connect with people's faces and eyes and yeah. stuff to, to feel that, that real thing. But having said that, a lot of the times if you're on a stage with lights on you, then you don't see much. <laughs> anyway, you're kind of feeling it. You're hearing yes, them, you're hearing them right. all, yeah. you know. So you're actually hearing this stuff. There's a buzz. But it's an, look, it's an interesting conversation. You know, I don't know whether we, 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 we can sort of cover it all now, but like, I think that it would be great if, if we can all be in those in the moment together. And yeah. I guess the phone does take away from that. But at the same time, I, I guess that's really is it's the way we are. It's the way we communicate these days, like, you know, our younger generations even more so. So it's something that we're kind of all learning how to sort of how to how to live with. And I know I do I do know of some people that actually put bands on things like that at their concerts, you know. Yeah. But I think I think that's a select few. It's also how people communicate, how people spread the word of what you're doing as well. So there's yeah. also, you know, like with all this stuff, you know, a lot of people might not actually know what we're doing if somebody hadn't posted something. And so there's something kind of cool about that as well. I love this game. I know if I had to ask you this question in two minutes, two hours, two years, I know and I recognize your answer will be different every time because there are millions of them. Once we finish this conversation, if you had to push play to five songs by other artists, what would those five songs be and by whom? Well, yeah, that's right. Your first part of that question is very true. I think for me that 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 can change at any moment. Um, I don't have favourites, so to say. Like I have 
I have favorite records over the over you know within different genres that I could yeah. probably pick out because I, as a musician, from what, how I've kind of got into my kind of craft, is by often spending a lot of time within certain genres and really checking that out. You know okay. what I mean? Because I feel like there's 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 an importance of like you know really checking out. It's like as a player, you know. You know, as a drummer, I would want to really focus on six drummers for a lot of while while I'm learning stuff. And you know, you you sort of become become your own player out of stuff like that. And I feel like it's the same thing with with records, with music. It, it really changes. So yeah, you're totally right. I would answer that differently, absolutely every time. But for now, leave us yes. to press five songs. I tell you what, I, I'm going to do it like this. When I was coming up, something that really got me into playing the bass the way that I like to play the bass was that I I, I discovered like. Uh, 60s and 70s soul music. It was a really, a really big era for me. So I'll okay. give you five artists from there. There's, uh, Al Green, Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. James Brown. Yeah. Donny Hathaway and, uh, Otis Redding. I would listen to records by all those artists. And that, that's what got me going. Dave, the podcast is listened to throughout the world. So as a final message to the listening audience, what would you like to say? I feel absolutely honored every time I get to play music, record music. And it's something I hope to do for the rest of my life. To all my, all the people, music lovers across across the other side of the world from Australia, I hope we get to come back your way. I know we're planning a European trip early next year. Love to get back to North America as well. Playing music around the world is, was always a dream of mine. I think I thought it was just, would be the most incredible thing. And every time I get to do it, I pinch myself and feel very fortunate. So keep on listening, keep on going to shows, buying records, and talking about music because it makes the world go round.